0: Today, some aspects of the Queen's death and the accession of Charles III, you may not have heard, principally the religious implications for a Britain and a Commonwealth that is multi-faith and increasingly of no faith. Now, perhaps the best illustration was the service of remembrance at St Anne's Cathedral in Belfast in Northern Ireland. At the door of this Anglican Cathedral, The new king was greeted by local Jewish, Islamic and Hindu leaders. Inside, Anglican, Catholic, Presbyterian and Methodist clergy all conducted the service and seated across the aisle from the monarch was the president of the Republic of Ireland and after the service the two engaged in one of those long and quite affectionate handshakes. It was quite the statement by all concerned. In a moment, you're going to hear from the man credited with arranging largely in secret the Queen's historic visit to the Republic of Ireland in 2011. But let's start with the contradiction that is Charles. In his first speech as monarch, he emphasised his loyalty to the Church of England. But why did he need to reassure people? What in his past may have raised doubts? And how has he clashed with the Church in recent years? British commentator Catherine Pepinster is author of the new book Defenders of the Faith The British Monarchy, Religion and the Next Coronation. She thinks Charles is going to have to strike the same balance as his mother, who was instinctively countercultural but knew how to change with the times.
1: She was understated. She had a stiff upper lip, which is totally unfashionable now. She didn't emote. She was a bit like that saying that came out of the war, keep calm and carry on, out of the Second World War. That was her sort of approach, really, the stoical. And alongside that was some very strong Christian faith that really was her foundation. She had been raised in the Church of England. From childhood, it had mattered to her. She was very influenced by her grandfather, George V. King George V was very much a Bible-reading kind of Christian. She inherited that kind of Christianity. And she increasingly spoke about it. So at a time when perhaps people in Britain, like many people all over the world, and perhaps sometimes more focused on more material things, she would give these Christmas messages, which particularly in the last 20 years of her life, were all about faith years ago. They were much more platitudinous and they were about wishing people happy holidays and being with the family, that kind of thing. But then she started to talk more and more about marking Christ's birth, how Christianity was a framework for her life, and clearly that was all about service. Mm and being called to follow Christ and being called to do so by being queen.
0: Yes, I know that she stood against this culture, which has been really evolving since the 1970s, certainly picked up pace in the 1980s, the culture of personal acquisitiveness, and then really since the death of Diana, this culture of very public performative kind of emotions, but I'm wondering whether she may not have been like another monarch of legend, King Canute, in trying to hold back an impossible tide.
1: Well, it's interesting that you say that because that emoting has continued, as you say, and also at the same time, she became a more and more vocal advocate for Christianity Christianity, certainly the Church of England form of Christianity, has declined in this country. So she was speaking about it, but it wasn't leading with a rush of people to the pews. But it's clear from what people are saying about her now, after her death, members of the public, that they viewed her with enormous respect, not just because of the number of years she served as Queen, but also for what she stood for and I noticed one chap on the television talking about how she was a a guiding light which is a kind of quasi religious term I'd say Mm. and Christmas Day her messages I think did have a religious significance in that more people probably heard her talking about Christianity than heard about Christianity on Christmas Day in churches because they weren't there so she had become a very very important Christian voice almost to the point of kind of being a missionary. One of the titles that she held as our monarch was Defender of the Faith. She also had a title of Supreme Governor of the Church of England. But I'd say that in many ways, the title that fitted her best was Defender of the Faith because that's what she, she went about doing.
0: You wrote a very interesting, perceptive piece just in the past few days for the National Catholic Reporter. I guess I'm fascinated by the point that you raise here at a time of Shrinking Christianity in the United Kingdom, a very multi-faith United Kingdom. How did she make religion roomier? How did she make it more capacious, as it were?
1: I think for somebody of her age, she had a particular broad-mindedness about religion. I mean, even back in 1952, when she was preparing for her coronation, in June '53, She asked people to pray for her as she prepared for that momentous occasion, whatever their religion may be. People of all faiths, she wanted their prayers. That seems pretty open-minded, pretty progressive for the early 1950s. She continued in that vein. In the 1960s, what had once been Empire Day in the United Kingdom had become Commonwealth Day, and there was a service at at Westminster Abbey for that. And leaders of the Commonwealth asked her if there was any possibility that other faiths could be involved in that service. And she was very open to that, but Westminster Abbey wasn't. And so the service went off to the City of London Guildhall, but she felt it should be in the Abbey. And because she was Queen, she got her way and it went back to the Abbey. Again, to think in those terms so long ago seems to be quite progressive. I suspect that from the age of 21, when she first went to South Africa, she was somebody who traveled extensively. And I think she came into contact with people of different faiths and also many different Christian denominations, perhaps earlier than most people did in Britain. And I think that opened her eyes to the importance of those religions. But as Britain became more diverse, I think she was a pragmatist. I think she realised, if I'm going to be queen of this United Kingdom, then I can't just be an Anglican who speaks to Anglicans. I've got to have this capacity for other religions as well, to at least speak to them, to listen to them.
0: So let's build a bridge now, catherine, between the reign of uh, Elizabeth the second and now Charles the third. I noticed a few days ago, when he made his first address as king, he did make a point, he didn't labour it, but it was clearly unambiguous when he spoke about his fidelity to the Church of England. The role and the duties of the monarchy also remain, as does the sovereign's particular relationship towards the Church of England, the church in which my own faith is so deeply rooted. Now, why do you think he would need, because there was no constitutional requirement, at least in that speech, why did he need to reassure people?
1: I think this is a very, very interesting moment. Queen Elizabeth II was well known for her devotion to the Church of England. I think actually she was more devoted to Christianity than she was to the Church of England. That was her priority, but it was largely expressed in devotion to the Church of England. There was no question about it. She was a a frequent worshipper within the Church of England. But her son, Charles... His relationship with the Church of England has been much more one of turmoil. There have been times when he has appeared to step away from it. There was a time when certain clerics in the Church of England criticised him for his relationship with Camilla Parker Bowles, now his queen consort, but then she wasn't, and they felt it was not appropriate relationship. There were question marks over his marital status, There were rows about his wedding to Camilla Parker Bowles. As I understand it, he wanted a full church wedding, but he didn't get that. He got a blessing and a register office marriage, and that infuriated him. And so the relationship between the then Prince of Wales and the Church of England was not always good. However, it seems, perhaps as he focused more on his inevitable destiny, it seems to have been healed somewhat. But I think both the Church of England and Charles are aware that people are at least somewhat knowledgeable, if not fully knowledgeable, about what has gone on. Mm and wonder about him.
0: Catherine, you've written this very interesting book, Defenders of the Faith, the British Monarchy, Religion and the Next Coronation. It deserves a much longer conversation and we are going to have that with you in a few weeks when details of the next coronation become clear. But what does he see as his idea of being defender of the faith? And does it include the word the faith or just faith?
1: This is something that's lingered over, Charles, for some time. Long ago, 1994, he had a series of interviews with his biographer, Jonathan Dimbleby. And in one of those interviews, which was televised, he talked about religion in Britain, said he was well aware of how many diverse faiths there were in this country, how many Christian denominations there were, He was clearly very interested in them all, but felt that given that diversity of Britain, that rather than be called defender of the faith, he should be known as defender of faith. That has lasted in the public memory. However, he did then say a few years ago that he retracted that and he would take the title defender of the faith. And a few days ago, During what's called the Accession Council, the formal proclamation of the new monarch, that title was read out, Defender of the Faith. So it is quite clear now that the title remains as it has been used by British monarchs since the time of Henry VIII.
0: We know, for example, that he has a fascination with Eastern Orthodoxy. I think he spent time with the monks in Mount Athos in Greece. But we also know he's got a fascination with uh, non-Christian religions. I think he helped set up a research institute at Oxford University into the Islamic world. I think he was close to the late Chief Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. Where does this fascination with faith generally point to as far as the new king?
1: One of the things that the new King Charles III has said is that he's going to have to put aside some of his interests from the past and focus now on the duties of king. In an interview a short while ago, somebody challenged him about how outspoken he's been on different things and is he going to continue like that as king? And he said, I'm not that stupid. What I think Charles has been in times when Prince Wales is his father's son. He's shared Prince Philip's curiosity, particularly Prince Philip's great curiosity about religions. Prince Philip used to spend time with the Greek Orthodox monks on Mount Athos. Charles followed in his father's footsteps. Before Charles was interested, Philip was interested in Islam. Now that he's the monarch, he's going to be more of his mother's son. So he's going to have continuing interest as his mother did in listening to other faiths, in acknowledging them. But I think he's going to become less outspoken in what he's got to say about those faiths. He's going to be more evidently an Anglican, uh, a Christian. So I think we're seeing that transition from being the son of the father to the son of the mother
0: very insightful as always catherine pepinster british writer and commentator catherine's new book is called defenders of the faith the british monarchy religion and the next coronation catherine thank you for coming back to the religion and ethics report
1: very glad to be back andrew and i look forward to talking to you again in a few weeks time.
0: Catherine Pepinster, author of the fascinating new book, Defenders of the Faith, The British Monarchy, Religion and the Next Coronation. And this is the Religion and Ethics Report on air and at the ABC Listen app. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart
1: speaker to play ABC RN.